0: all right welcome ladies and gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast uh thanks for tuning in i know it's been a minute i uh have not been working the road i've been gone a little bit here and there but um When I went to Huntsville this past week, or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was, I took my buddy Matt with me, and also I was with Brian Bates, so it was just a hangout time, so it was hard to just sit in my room and do a podcast. I got a million excuses about why I'm not doing a podcast, but uh, the main two are, one, I have a baby, so it is hard to break away at home. And just come sit in a room for an hour. I know I've said that a thousand times. But also, when I'm on the road now, I'm finding, you know, if I'm doing a Saturday show and I'm doing two hours, I'm like, man, I'm going to do comedy for two hours. So, to prepare, I'm going to sit in a room and talk for another hour. It's just wild. My whole life is talking. So, whenever I get some time to not talk, it's a good time. But the problem is, i like talking i'm a talker and uh so it's hard to not talk and that is the truth i love to talk and i got a lot of stuff i'm just shuffling papers around and uh but i got some good stuff here i think and uh but i want to give kind of a um you know just a Alright, let's do this. Just a summary of what's going on. Where have I been? I've been to Huntsville. I went to Huntsville and did Stand Up Live. And I had my best weekend that I've ever had at Stand Up Live. And I've had a lot of great weekends there. And uh, not everyone knows this, but and probably most people don't care, but when Stand Up Live opened in Huntsville, I was the guy who did the very first headlining set at that club in Huntsville. It was uh, They were trying to open it for you know, you know, for the public, but they did a show just so the staff could get an idea of how a show would go, and then they brought in all the different people that own, um, you know, own the club, and there's a lot of people that own the club, so they all came, and it was exciting, so that was probably, I don't know, 2017, and since then, I've done it a bunch of times, I've been a feature there before and now I've headlined several shows at stand-up live and this was my first uh this was my best one I actually had a a lot of people show up I don't know if I sold out any of the shows but it's a big club and I sold best better than I ever have there so it's very exciting had a great time Brian Bates we basically did a two-man show on Thursday um well Brian always makes fun of me for this because I'm always forgetting everyone's name but uh uh, it's happening again, uh, Mabbitt, uh, Heather Mabbitt, uh, I knew, I met her in Salt Lake City, she used to live in Utah, we did the club, we did the club Wise Guys together, well, she now lives in Mississippi, and asked us she come up and do a guest spot, so she kind of hosted for us on Thursday, she did a great job, she was very funny, and then, you know, the rest of the weekend, me and Brian, just two men showed it, a lot of fun, we had a great time down there, uh, went to a barbecue place, I forget what it's called, doesn't matter, but went there a couple of times, very good, I went there one day, I went there on Friday, and then I turned around and went there on Saturday, and it was better on Saturday than it was on Friday, it blows my mind, you ever hanging out with people, and they go, uh, they go, you go, oh, you want to get some Italian food, and they go, oh, no, I can't do Italian, I just had Italian yesterday, it's like oh no not two days in a row how would you handle it how would you handle yourself i always think well what would it be like to live in italy you're like geez, here we are with this italian food again every day we're eating italian food you're like people are like you want to get tacos no man i had mexican yesterday i was like well dang good thing you don't live in mexico right what would you get As for me, I'm like, when I find something that I like, I'll eat that until I hate that restaurant. I do that all the time. There's a burrito place in Mount Juliet called Bubba Coo's. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. I thought, what a stupid name. I'll probably never eat there. And then one day I went there and I was like, holy crap, that's a good burrito. And then I was going there every day. And the other day I went there and me and my wife got this thing we say to each other where we go, well, I'm about sick of that place. And that's where I'm at with it right now. It's delicious, but I'll abuse a restaurant. I'll eat it until I, till it disgusts me. And then I have a hard time ever going back again. But I do like Bubba Coo's. They're like what Mo's used to be. Moe's had a real heyday. Do you remember that? When I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, I had never seen a Moe's, and I went with my friend and his dad, and we went to a Moe's in West Ashley, if you're familiar with the area, and on the wall, they used to have all of these uh, paintings of musicians that had died, you know, they had like a Janis Joplin, a a Jerry Garcia, a a Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, uh, you know, and I remember Bob Marley, and I, you know, some of these they might not have had on the wall, but you get the idea, and then they would have um, a little um, quote from that person underneath, but they would have modified it to uh, say something like burritos, like, uh, I don't know, Bob Marley said, roll your own, or whatever, and it was like a reference to like weed, but also a burrito, and Janice Joplin was like roll another piece of my heart I'm making these up and these are probably much worse than they actually were but Mose was cool man this was the early 2000s you'd walk in and they go welcome to Mose," and they're all doing it and it would kind of they would almost echo it the first guy would go welcome to Mose," and then somebody else would like start "Welcome to Mose," while they were hitting the two so it's like welcome 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 welcome, welcome to Moe's Moe's and it was the best And the food was so good. And I remember somebody I knew worked there said, we make this food fresh every day. We don't even have coolers because we make it fresh every day or something like that. None of these facts actually matter. The point is, Moe's used to be cool. But I don't know if you've been to a Moe's lately, but ain't nobody in there gives a crap about working. They ain't welcoming you in there. They're like, listen, just get in here. I'll make a sandwich for you. I mean it's just slack the world is slack out here to be honest with you but so um so i'm in huntsville i ate at this barbecue place went back the next day it was very good after i ate this the first time i thought you know i could really go for some ice cream now i could see across the street from me there was a place called cookie dough magic which i'm not really that into cookie dough i'll be honest with you i like cookie dough ice cream and i like cookies but I never been one of these people that goes crazy for like cookie dough. People used to make things uh, growing up. They would mix up cookie dough in a in a bowl and then they would have a little cookie dough left on the spoon. And I remember people like getting the spoon and eating it and they were like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And it, And it's like, if that's so good, you know, just eat that and don't even worry about baking the cookies. That's always where my head was at. But but I wanted ice cream. So I looked up ice cream and the first place that popped up was on Google was cookie dough magic. And I thought, well, okay, that's a deceiving name, but okay, I'll, I will go there because that's right across the street. I can see that from the booth that I'm currently sitting in. So me and Matt walk over there, by the way, I go to ice cream places with other dudes all the time. I go to me and another dude will go to an ice cream place all the time and it's always like young kids in there. And I don't know what it is, but I love ice cream. I've been to um I've uh, getting frozen yogurt with several dudes. I like doing it. I like to eat it. And if we're hanging out, that's what we're doing. Ever since 2012 when I quit drinking, I do not mind going and getting a bucket of ice cream with a dude. I mean, we get our own, but we're not sharing a bucket. Anyway, I think about it every time. So I uh so I go in there and in Cookie Dough Magic and they have the classic uh thing set up for the ice cream. You know, you got your your little desk or whatever you would call it and they're hanging out behind it and there's glass like a buffet station. And they're scooping up, you know, ice cream back there. Well, they're not doing it currently because we're the only people in there. So we go, we, we make our selection, uh, uh, you know, two scoops. I do want four scoops, so that's why I ordered two. I wanted to try a d- couple of different kinds, and I was really craving it. I had not had ice cream in a while. And so they scoop it up. It's very quiet in there. They got no music. And I said, I said to the two girls working there, I, guys, I go, they don't let you guys play music in here? It's so weird in here. And the one girl goes, no, we just got here. And the other girl goes, actually, we've been here a while. I was like okay well I don't know what's going on and then they cut some music on and then they cut music on that I was like well I wish I had not told you to cut music on I wish that you had just uh, let us sit in the silence rather than listening to this pop music poison to my brain so we're listening to it and we're scooping up ice cream and everything's great feeling good we're having a good time and then we I, I pay I buy I buy Matt's ice cream I mean it's like it's a good day everybody is excited it's a wonderful feeling and then we sat down at a table and Matt goes this ice cream's warm and I was like what he was like yeah it's warm so I try and I don't even know how that's possible right but I, but I try it and I go yeah this is warm And so I yell at the girl. I don't yell at her, but I I yell, you know, I I, I speak loudly from a distance. And I go, hey, this ice cream's warm. She goes, it's cookie dough. And I wanted to throw it on the floor. It's so upsetting. I was like, this is disgusting. But it costs like 12 bucks for the two. So I'm like, I'm going to eat it. And I ate as much as I could handle. And then I had to get out of there so i'm not hating on cookie dough magic but no going in be smarter than me and understand that if the name is cookie dough magic then it's it's cookie dough and they're tricking you with some kind of magic spell they're tricking you and don't do it it's disgusting and so huntsville was a great time I got a hat from a guy, and the hat said Alabama dirt, and he asked me to make a video. He gave it to me, and I've not yet made that video, but I have been making videos out on the land, and that's a lot of fun, so I plan to go to Alabama this weekend to visit my dad, so if I go there, maybe in Alabama, standing on some dirt, I'll make a video with the Alabama dirt hat. I just want that guy to know, in case he's a listener of the podcast, that I have not forgotten about him. Um, And then I went to, after my shows in Huntsville, Saturday night I had two shows, I got in the car, drove home, woke up the next morning, flew to Minneapolis, uh, where I was to do a show at a theater with Brian Simpson. Me and him were co-headlining a show, which I thought was a weird pairing, because our comedy is really nothing I like, but I do like Brian, so um, uh, we did it, and uh, it sold okay, But I don't do Minneapolis a lot and I was just in St. Paul earlier in the year and those were good turnouts. But another thing, this is kind of a weird theater. It was called like the women's theater. Something, it was called like the women's club. It seemed like a a house for battered women, you know. And also it was 96 degrees in Minneapolis. I had no idea that weather even reached numbers like that in the summertime and the theater had no air conditioner and that's what I try to explain to people I'm like listen I like the heat I really do I'm a big fan of the heat but in the south we have air conditioner so you can get out in the heat and you can roast and you can go oh this is awful or you can go oh this feels good either way when you're done you can escape back inside to the cooling comfort of an air conditioner and that feels good there really is nothing like it i mean i don't run my house super cold during the day but at night i like to kick it down a bit and it's like man there is nothing like being able to just uh just cool down in the ac after a hot day out in the sun that's why I can't wait to get the cabin out on the land, because once I get the cabin, I can go out and work on the land and then not have to drive an hour and 40 minutes home immediately after. So, uh, but that was a good time. Um, I, I have a hard time with Minneapolis. Like, I like Minneapolis. When I've done comedy there, I always really enjoy it. One time I did, uh, years ago, I did comedy at like a comic book store and it was one of my best shows i had a lot of fun in there um but uh it's hard to get a real read on what's going on like minneapolis feels weirdly shady like the name and then minnesota it just feels like a jolly old time but it's weirdly shady there i think The Mississippi River does something to cities. I don't know what it is, but the Mississippi River, that dark water, it carries a darkness with it, and it creeps in through your city, and they'll get you. But I always have a fun time, and this last time was no exception. So where am I going next weekend? I'm going to be in... uh, this, I'm going to just go ahead and give you the dates. L- uh, July 7th through the 9th, I'll be in Lexington, Kentucky at Comedy Off-Broadway. Lexington, Kentucky, Comedy Off-Broadway. I've been there many times. I actually featured for Burt Kreischer there, and I think it was his final comedy club before he went on a full-on theater tour. And he sold out every show, and it was a blast. And um, and I've headlined there a couple of times since then, and I always have a lot of fun. And I can't wait to go back. The last time I went back, it was still COVID times, which it seems like they're coming back. I mean, people I know are getting COVID. So won't be long. It'll be winter time, and they'll all be yelling at us to put masks on again. They'll be screaming in our faces, telling us to pull it up over your nose pull it over your nose idiot and then the memes will come out again showing people putting a condom on on their on their testicles and uh and they'll go this is what it looks like when you don't wear a mask above your nose and it just just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense and people pat themselves on the back thinking that they're hilarious that'll be back soon so get ready uh but Lexington Kentucky so much fun the last time I was there I got a belt that I still wear and it has a little metal plate right up in the front with my name on it I got that belt has this been that long ago oh man that'd be weird but well this is what I might have been back one other time since then but my recollection is that I got this belt and came home from lexington and then ruptured my appendix so not filled with a lot of great memories but the shows were fantastic all right so i went to chattanooga last weekend and i did a corporate gig down there so i didn't tell people because i wasn't allowed to um but i stayed i booked my own hotel i told them not to get me a hotel because i'd probably just go down there and drive back but then i was like Nah, i don't want to do that Cause I went out to the land made some videos did some weed eating I got some plans coming um, and I stayed so I needed a shower before the gig I was just going to do it at a planet fitness I was just going to shower at a planet fitness and then go do my gig but I'm like who am I a homeless guy let's get it together so hotels were wildly expensive that weekend so I got I found this place called the Mayor's Mansion, and it's a bed and breakfast, and it was the cheapest hotel in Chattanooga that wasn't a, um, you know, like a Motel 6, and I don't do Motel 6s. No offense to the Motel 6 chain. I love Tom Bodette. I love the slogan, we'll leave the light on for you, but I don't do them, and I just value my life you know, not that much. I don't value it, but this is what happens to me. I go, i go, you know what, dude, just man up and just stay at the Motel 6. Save yourself $20 and stay at the Motel 6. And then I pull into the parking lot and I go, what's $20? I could stay at this Hilton over here for $40 more for $20 more, and then at least feel safe. So that's what I do every time. But I stayed at this place called the Mayor's Mansion. Really big house, obviously. It's a mansion. And I was on the third floor, which is the highest floor there. No elevator. You take it all the way up. And it was fantastic. I loved it. I really love a place like that. And then at night, they had this great big front porch. And I just sat out there alone, did a little CBD, smoked a cigar, edited some videos. It's a great time. I love Chattanooga. Chattanooga is such a fun, underrated part of Tennessee. I don't feel like enough people talk about it, and it's amazing. I drove around, Sequo- I went to the Sequoia Valley or whatever, and uh, uh, that was awesome. I'm just driving along. Tennessee is such a beautiful place. I got to hear about parts. I mean, there's so many beautiful places in the country, but people are always talking about this place and this place being beautiful, but Tennessee is amazing. It is so great. And so... Uh, the land, uh, the cabin should be coming in August, everything looks like it's coming, I got a few things I got to get set up, I got to get a, a septic tank and whatnot, I got a lot, a lot going on with that, but it is happening, Um, and I'm very excited about it, so far the fruit trees are still alive, but there's been no rain, I mean, it never rains anymore, it just stopped raining altogether, so, but I got some squash growing. I got some watermelon growing. The, the, the plants on the land that I'm not able to tend to are doing better than the ones I'm tending to. I may be, uh, the worst farmer alive. I don't know. Or, um, you know, I just have, uh, a unique ability to, uh, take care of things without actually touching them. But, my stuff at home. I grew some strawberries. I'm growing some cucumbers. I've got some beans and I got lots of things growing, just not producing. Tomatoes. I mean, I'm doing better than I than I give myself credit for. I beat myself up pretty bad about it. I mean, I'm eating a lot of basil. I like what I got going on, but I got a lot of animals here in Hermitage. I mean, it is wild. We're really close to the lake, really close to some woods, and it's just like I mean, I'm physically seeing groundhogs. There's groundhogs living underneath my neighbor's porch, and it's just out there sunning, just catching some sun, and then it just boldly goes over and eats a third of its weight in my crops. And then uh, I I, I caught a raccoon. I set out a live trap to try to catch the groundhog, but I wasn't catching it, so I saw a raccoon out there the other day digging around in one of my garden boxes, I threw a box cutter at him. It was closed. I wasn't trying to stab him. It was just the only thing. And I did hit him, and he ran away, and I thought, well, good. He won't be back. But I had some little steak fat from a steak I had eaten. I eat most of the fat, but I just can't eat all the fat sometimes. It was a ribeye. It was pretty fatty. I couldn't do it all. And I threw the fat in this live trap, and I set it. And then my wife usually gets up before me and she'll go out and water the garden. And I said to her, I go, is there anything in that trap? And she goes, nope. But she'll say things like that to me without ever having looked. She has not looked in the trap. She just says, nah. And so I'm out there walking around with my daughter. I'm holding my daughter. We're walking around the yard. And I turn the corner and I see, I was like, dang, there's a raccoon in that trap. And I didn't know what to do. It freaked me out a little bit because I got no beef with the raccoon, really. You know, like the raccoon, I don't think, is eating my vegetables. It may get in the trash and rip open a bag and I got to pick up a few things. But all in all, I got no beef with the raccoon. Now, I'm sure there could be some beef arise one day if I catch him eating a squash or a watermelon or something. But as it stands, I got no beef with him. I have more beef with the much cuter rabbits and deer Uh, we also have possums which I've I've grown to love a possum they say possums eat ticks and insects I'm actually a big fan of a possum and but I've got moles digging under my garden beds I got no worms left I try to keep a healthy I've been getting into now this will seem like I like I know what I'm talking about but I watch a lot of videos on like kind of the microbiology of the soil I don't know much about it. I'm not trying to act like a microbiologist up in here. But I'm getting into, you know, bacteria and stuff, good bacteria in your human gut, taking probiotics, drinking kombucha, eating Greek yogurt, and now also trying to get into the bacteria of the soil to keep a healthy soil so I don't have to use fertilizers. So worms play a pivotal role in this. And I got moles coming up underneath just eating all the worms. There ain't no worms out there. There was, but there ain't out there now. And I feel bad for them because it's dry and I want the animals to, to survive. But I'm like, just stop eating all my stuff. But they keep eating it. So this raccoon, I mean, these live traps they sell at the tractor supply, I mean, they're great, very easy to set. But they're not all that easy to let the animal out of there unless there's some trick I don't know about. But it's not that easy to let them out of there. So I had to rig up a string and I took a long stick and I was able to let him out and he took off. I mean, this, this raccoon ran to the corner of my yard, climbed up the privacy fence, got on the top, ran all the way across the maze of privacy fences through this subdivision and was gone. And I thought I'd never see him again. I'm pretty sure he's been back out there. Uh, But I didn't know what to do. I didn't really want to take the raccoon off somewhere. Now, if I catch the groundhog, I will take it off somewhere. I won't kill it. Although I think the guy at the nursery I go to volunteered to kill it for me. He said, just bring them here, man. We'll take care of them." So I feel like that means kill. I don't want to kill them. I don't want to take uh, another thing's life. I... Used to like to kill. Uh, I used to shoot birds and squirrels and uh, kill a lot of insects when I was a kid. But I—that is behind me now. I do not like killing things. I'm not into it. I don't like taking other things' lives. i am a—I'm—I'm a life guy, and I don't even want to kill an insect. When I catch insects inside the house, they always—I always, you know, like to say unless it's a roach. But I don't have roaches, thankfully. Uh, I am maybe killing them indirectly with the spray that I'm spraying around the house. But if I catch an insect inside, a spider or something, I try to capture it and take it outside. I'm also into wasp now. I learned this about wasp. Wasp will kill other insects. And one of the insects that they kill is caterpillars. And caterpillars really will destroy all your garden vegetables. So I love a wasp now. I've been stung a lot by a wasp in my life, but I really don't mind it. I mind being stung. I don't mind having wasp around. Um, So I'm struggling with the garden. I'm struggling more with the garden this year than I did last year, and it's a shame. But we are getting a few things. I am eating a few things off the garden, Um, and I'm catching raccoons out here. I, um, oh, another uh, update, my daughter Daisy, who is about 14 months old, coming up on, has taken her first steps, so she took her, honestly, she took her first step on her own, just me and my wife, I mean, I'm I'm gone so much that I thought for sure I'm going to miss Daisy's first steps. I thought I'm going to miss it. But she, we, we have this little thing, it's like a walker for babies, and she loves to push it around upstairs, and it's her way of walking upright. But one day we were just sitting there in that room, and she just took three or four steps from that to the chair. And I was just like, whoa, we both saw it, it was amazing. And that was on our anniversary, and then since then, she's really been going. I mean, she's just walk, walk, walk. So, you know, everybody was she, everybody was going. She walking yet? She walking yet? She, and, it, and it has a way to get you paranoid that, oh, no, is my daughter not going to walk? Even my neighbor was like, yeah, a couple of days after her year birthday, she started walking. And it's like, um, everybody's different. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I, I, I thought, hey, she's going to walk when she's going to walk. That's how I feel about her talking. That's how I feel about everything. It's like, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. I'm not stressing it. But that's exciting. I'm addicted to cigars. I smoked a cigar every day for, I don't know how many days in a row. And now I'm on day three, no cigars. I'm not trying to quit them, but I am trying to chill out. So that's a struggle because I love cigars. Um, I had said that I wanted to read some emails, but every time... I get to the email, I real, but I got one today, um, I won't say the name, but I'm just going to read some of this, because I get these kinds of emails, and I, and I really appreciate them, and you know, the, the kind of emails I get, uh, most of the time are about Bible talk, and the kind of comments people come up to me at shows, and talk about Bible talk, to where it's like, nobody is ever like, oh, dude, um, Oh, I love your podcast. I love when you um, talk about the club that you just went to. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that was my whole thing. My whole plan in starting this podcast was to talk about where I'm going, where I've been. Um, dusty, I just want to thank you for the joy you have brought to my life as of late. First off, I discovered you on Netflix, The Stand-Ups, and have gone down a, rab- uh, down a dusty rabbit hole on YouTube and your podcast. Second, I have my first child on the way, which I'm pretty nervous slash excited about. And the way you talk about your daughter really puts me at ease about the whole situation. Also, your personal insight into your Christianity, I love to hear. It inspires me to read the Bible more. Lastly, your story about going to Lowe's to get wood and no one would help you had me laughing out loud with tears driving alone in my car. And thank you for that email. I appreciate that. And having a daughter, uh, a child in general, but I say daughter because that's what I have, um, has been the best thing in the world. I mean, let me tell you, there are times where you're like, oh, man, um, I have no free time. Or ev- oh, like it's like I come home. My wife is stay-at-home mom. And I'm very thankful for that because daycare seems like a nightmare. Personally, this is what I think. I think we all need to downsize uh, our livelihoods. And I think that now you do whatever you want to do. But I think if and there's no way to say it without even offending people. But it's like I saw some of my neighbors down the street and they were talking about she's pregnant. And she was saying, well, I already got my baby on a waiting list for daycare. And I don't know people's financial situations, but I think if you have the ability to not work, then don't do it. Just live cheaper, have less things, drive less nice cars. But I thought if all the moms in my neighborhood with small children didn't work and they could all hang out, then our kids could hang out together and it'd just be a beautiful thing. They could be the daycare for each other and it would just be this wonderful, beautiful community. But if you say it, people think, oh, you're telling women to get in the kitchen. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you to get in the kitchen. I'm just saying, how beautiful would it be if we all were just raising our own kids? But it's, it's a, a wonderful thing to have this baby. And oftentimes, my wife is home all the time alone with the baby. And then when I get home from doing gigs, it's like I'm right into dad time. And it's hard to find free time. It's hard to even do the podcast. Because, uh, you know, I'm always doing dad stuff. But I wouldn't change it. It's uh it's amazing. It's wonderful. I mean, having a kid is just beautiful. And I had no idea. I said for my entire life that I didn't want to have kids. And I would say, because the world's going to hell, and I don't want to, I don't wanna bring a kid into the world. That's what I used to say all the time. And I meant it. And then what happens? COVID happens, the world is going to hell, and I go, hey, let's have a kid, but I'm glad I did. It feels great. It feels so good. Here's another one. First saw you uh, last year on Nate Land, which led to YouTube clips, your two albums, Netflix special, and your New Year's show at Comedy Works. Just started your solo podcast and wanted to reach out and say how much I love the format and your courage to talk about scripture and the help you found 10 years ago in Jesus. Definitely agree we need him and comedy now more than ever. Uh, Anyway, I'm having a good time listening and can't wait till you make it back to Denver. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, these are great. I'm just reading a few. I'm not saying people's names. Uh. Uh, here's one my wife and i drove from uh this place to attend your seven o'clock show last friday in huntsville we had a blast we have watched everything we can get our hands on that you have done since we discovered you a couple of years ago you just keep getting better we saw you in auburn last summer we enjoyed the show but we were blown away with the show last week keep it up We are thrilled that you have joined the Nate Lamb podcast, all our favorites in one place. We still look forward to your podcast, especially the Bible talk. Um, So, um, oh yeah, by the way, I was born in Charleston and I spent the first few years of my life in Ravenel. Love that part of the country. Thanks for keeping it clean. No problem. These are just some emails that I've gotten in the last few weeks. All very positive and um, that's how they are most of the time. All very positive. So, and then then I've been, you know, I am on Nate Lynn podcast now, which has been a lot of fun. Um, I thought about trying to use this podcast as a way to expand on some of the things. Uh, Recently, I was on an episode uh, about bears, which people seem, well, it was about candy, but we talked a lot about bears, but people seem pretty upset that it wasn't more about candy. But I actually was very excited by the bear content that we had and uh, because it was It was organic you know it really came we weren't we weren't led by topics we got just got into an organic discussion but we did talk a bit about candy and i told this story and this is true when i have two older sisters and um my one sister's diabetic and uh you know eats candy slower than the rest of us because she has to watch her blood sugar and my other sister not diabetic Uh, was eating her frozen candy bar. I want to say it was a Hershey bar, but it also could have been a rabbit, Uh, because it was around Easter, and uh, it was in the freezer. That's how we always loved our candy. I mean, I still, to this day, when I get candy, if I have extra candy that I'm going to be saving for another time, I go right to the freezer. We used to buy those packs of Butterfingers. Butterfinger BBs, I remember those, but I can't quite put my... my my mind around it some people were bringing those up in the comments but i loved regular size butterfinger candy bars in the freezer we bought like a six pack of them put them in the freezer it's delicious but my sister started eating this frozen candy bar and my other sister was yelling at her and my sister goes here take your gd candy bar and threw it and hit her in the head and it busted her head and she had to go to the hospital and get several stitches Um, aliens I brought up Genesis six and people in the comments seem to be blown away that I knew about Genesis six. And for those of you who don't know about Genesis six, let me just read a little bit of it here. And I'm, I am King James all the way. And I'll tell you why here in a second. Uh, but this is Genesis six and it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they, and that they were fair and they took them wives, all which they chose. So in my mind, the sons of God here, I mean, all right. So this is, I got more Bible talk, but I'm going to just start with this first. You know, it said sons of God, daughters of men. Right now, we are all children of God, so we could easily be the sons of God, but I think there are several verses throughout the Bible that make reference to sons of God being something different. Now, you know, I think oftentimes if you grow up in the church, you just think of, you know, there's God, there's Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit, there's angels, there's humans. But, you know, you read into uh, Ezekiel and Daniel and, and Revelation, and it makes reference to other beings in heaven, other things God has created, you know. And some people talk about watchers, and they talk about, you know, angels and fallen angels and this and that. And and, and some people even talk about that in, in, in Genesis 1, it said... Um, Uh, and, and and let's see um um okay i should have researched this but it just came to my head as i'm um and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So it says, let us, God said, let us make man in our image. And most people just assume that that's the, the Trinity, that's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit talking. But part of me believes that this is, you know, other you know, beings that God has created, but they're all created in the image of God. So there are other, you know, angels or watchers or whatnot that God is is speaking with, saying, let us make man in our image. And then, so we are made in the image of those things. So when Satan um, fell from heaven, when he went against God, a third of the angels went with him. So those angels were out and about, not being good because now they're cast out of heaven so they're they're just gonna be evil now i mean if you get cast out of heaven as an angel you're like well i'm screwed now so let's just wreak some havoc havoc so you know these these fallen angels are like whoa these human women are pretty attractive uh, and we're already on God's bad side, so let's just go ahead and uh, make this worse. And, um, and it says, in, in the, in, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil only continually I got some of those words mixed up but that's why I don't believe in aliens okay people this 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 all came from the alien episode I think aliens are fallen angels I don't believe in it I don't believe in aliens space aliens so. That's why I like to talk about this stuff because I'm saying when the aliens come, don't be their friend. And think about it, right? When, when people have these alien encounters, they're always talking about aliens probing them and aliens doing sexual stuff to them. People are always talking about that. Not people I know, but people you've seen throughout your lives on television shows. And more and more, they're trying to slowly reveal the existence of aliens to us. Why? Why do they want to do this? They keep having these hearings and these different kinds of things to let us know there's something out there. There's something out there. And there is something out there. But it ain't good. And it ain't aliens. They're not coming over from Mars uh, going, hey, we're, we're, we're just travelers passing through. They want to have sex with you, and they want to give birth to evil beings, and that's what I think ghosts are. Ghosts or, or, or uh, you know, these demons, if you will, that uh, people are always, in the Bible, people always have demons, right? I think, <laughs> and this, I realize this is all probably a lot of crazy talk to people, but just follow along with me here. This is just coming from the Bible, right? These, these spirits are out here, and what are these spirits, So, if we all have a soul, we all have a spirit, right, and we die, our spirit goes to heaven or hell. But if you're not created in the natural order of things, where does your spirit go? Maybe it just roams the earth. That's all I'm saying. I realize this is heavy stuff, but we're having a good time here. Uh, Don't take it so heavy. Just enjoy yourself. Um, And so, uh, I just wanted to say this, that you know, people have mentioned from me being on Nate Land that, oh, Dusty knows a lot about the Bible or Dusty talks about the Bible a lot. And so I just wanted to, you know, if you're listening to this podcast for a while, then you know what I talk about. You know, I'll be getting into some stuff. But if you are new, I'll fill you in with a little brief history. This is, this is who I am and this is how I got to this place. I was raised a Christian, but mainly I went to church on Easter, maybe Christmas, my dad would send me to vacation Bible school. My, my dad's church was about a mile up the road from his house. A lot of times I rode my four-wheeler to church. Um, you know, he would go, all right, it's Sunday morning, go to church. And me and my stepbrothers would load up on our four-wheeler and we would go to church. Sometimes my stepmom would go, sometimes my dad would go. But mainly we went to Sunday school and then came home. Or we went to Sunday school and then my dad would meet us for church. And I would be in a lot of church plays and whatnot, but there was never really any discussion about it at the house. In high school, I I went to various churches here and there, but mainly for the social aspect. If I'm being honest, I was probably trying to meet girls. I did Campus Life, which some people know about, and I had a lot of fun in Campus Life. I went on some retreats and stuff, um, but it was... um, You know, just a high school, a fun high school thing, and I actually really enjoyed it. I had some very positive experiences, but I started to party a lot, and people would come to my house and party, and I got kind of, I didn't get kicked out of campus life, but I had become sort of an older, like mentor-like person, and they invited me to do that, and then I had a huge party one night, and uh, so I got kicked out of being a mentor, and I get it. Can't have a mentor that's getting other getting the other campus lifers to smoke weed. I get it. I've made. I've had some troubles, uh, so I I got closer to God in 2003. This was. About, I graduated high school in 2000. So in 2003, I had, I had already been through a lot of trouble. I tried to join the army. I got arrested. I lost my license for nine months. I was just and I lived in the trailer that I grew up in alone with some friends and. I was just going down a bad path i was still very happy and positive but i i could have easily have gone the other way but with the help of a friend that i used to work with at jim bobs i started to get closer to god he bought me a bible and then i moved to charleston and then i drank heavy for like nine years i mean heavy partying i mean charleston is a wild place i lived on the beach for a year i lived downtown for a while I partied a lot, but all the while partying, I still went to church. I joined a church, you know, right away when I moved to Charleston, and, you know, I remember, I remember for years and years wanting to quit drinking. I just, but I had found an identity in drinking. I found friendships in drinking, uh, going around to the bars, you know, getting super wasted and abusing my body. I, you know, it's like, I found an identity in that where I was like, oh, I'm the... I'm the guy that drinks a lot and I don't care about anything. You know, it's like that sort of thing. The people you think of as hardcore, I have I, come to have that image that, you know, that, that idea that the people that you think of that are the most hardcore, that abuse themselves, that abuse their bodies, they're likely dealing. And I don't mean like extreme sports. I mean, you know, you know, the people and it's like, I, it, it's likely that they're not so hardcore. It's that they have some kind of trauma in their life. And, They've not been over to over. They've not been able to overcome it. So it's like that. That is their way to show I'm tough. I'm. I'm. You know. And it's like, oftentimes those people will find God and have a relationship with God, and they will shed all of that hardcoreness. You know, they could still be tough people, but they shed a lot of that and bodily abuse. I've even heard about people that are in prison. For life sentences, they won't shower. They won't cut their hair. They won't do anything because why would they? Their their life is—there's no point to it. But they'll find Jesus, and they'll start shaving. They'll start cutting their hair. They'll start taking showers. They start taking care of themselves because they have some respect for themselves. Even though they're still in prison for life, they've been given new purpose. They've been given purpose through God. (laughs) And so I always maintained that. I prayed many nights, laying in bed, drunk, regretting the way I was acting, regretting the way that I was, but I continued on. I started comedy in 2008, still doing the same kinds of things. I got into many arguments with people in bars about God. I mean, I remember, I'm sure I've told this before, but I, I got, I was standing in this bar one time, I got into an argument with a guy about Jesus, right? And he got in my face Uh, and he got right up in there, and I took my hand, and I put the, I put his face in the palm of my hand, and I pushed his head back, and then he came at me, and he goes, yeah, that's real Christian-like, so I shoved his face again, and then I got kicked out of the bar, but uh, a lot of that going on, and uh, in 2012, uh, I had, early 2012, I'm really close to turning 30, I quit drinking, I quit drinking. I quit smoking cigarettes. I quit my job uh, where I used to sell pesticides that I've been doing that for nine years. I quit that job. I sold my car and I rode a bicycle for two years. That's what I did. I went back to work waiting tables. And when I did that, when I made this total life change, I almost quit comedy. I mean, basically I decided that That every plan that I had ever made my entire life was all gone now. These are all changed. I'm a fresh new man. And I battled with this idea of becoming a comedian or becoming a preacher. I mean, that's kind of where I was at. My relationship with God grew like never before. And I actually started reading my Bible for the first time. Now, I had always read it. But I read it under the lens of the way Christianity should be the way I was taught it. People taught me that this is the the basic premise of Christianity and you read your Bible through that lens. That's what I was taught. But now my lens had been changed and I began to read it. I just started from the beginning and started reading it. As you would any other book. I feel like modern day Christianity is you start with the New Testament, you read about Jesus, the Old Testament not as important, but good for a reference. But the way I started to read it was you read the Old Testament first, and then by the time you get to Jesus, well, you actually understand what Jesus is talking about. So then uh, I stopped eating pork, stopped eating shellfish. I stopped celebrating worldly holidays, even ones that we consider Christian holidays. And that's really never something I've got too much into on the podcast about those holidays. I've talked about what I do celebrate, but not what I don't celebrate too much. Because people are sensitive about it. And I get it. I mean, I learned about it. I was sitting there talking in my apartment one time. I had a buddy over and there was two girls over at my apartment. And I was pretty well known for being on a date and looking like things were going to go in a physical direction. And then suddenly I start talking about Jesus and, uh, ruins the date. But, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I would always rather have those conversations. But I remember talking about to a girl about a specific holiday and telling her about some stuff and she started crying, uh, like I ruined that for her. And I was like, okay, I got to be more easy with things. So, um, you know, I battled with this preacher or, or, or comedian thing, but I've never really fit in, in the church world. So I continued with comedy and, uh, and then that was 2012. Uh, and then about 2000 and I moved to Nashville in 2014, And I became a full-time comic late 2014, just doing it all on my own, um, figuring out how to get myself booked, you know, a little help here and there. I don't mean completely like no one ever helped me, but for the most part, I did it all on my own. I navigated how to become a comic living in Nashville, not having another job. And I started this podcast in 2017 with my wife, who was a comedian at the time, in the whole idea of this podcast is that we would just talk about comedy we would talk about conspiracy theories but only light ones only ones that we thought was fun and um, because there's a lot of them that I would not like to talk about well I would like to but I don't do it and um, and then but it was just supposed to be a nothing kind of podcast Um, and uh, and then she quit comedy and quit the podcast and so in 2020, the world fell apart and I decided it was time to talk about God. So that's basically where we're at now with this podcast. We are at a place where, you know, I, I have found my podcast that is about nothing until I get, you know, I keep thinking that people are going to, once my management finally listens to my podcast, uh, they're going to be upset with what I've been talking about. I I hope not but I'm always prepared for it and uh, but I just you know I never wanted to endanger my career by by talking about things that were you know um, you know not going along with you know kind of with how society's going but when 2020 happened and basically everything was taken from us that we had ever had I thought you know there is something more important that God is more important, that, and it's like, I just don't uh, like the way that Christianity is being taught now. I don't like churches. Um, I get some emails from people telling me and assuring me that there are some good churches still out there, and I believe there are. Uh, I do believe it, and I appreciate the emails letting me know that they do exist, but it just... It uh, just doesn't feel like that out here in the world. It feels like people are very lost. You know, I just think Christianity is being taught wrong in a lot of ways. And I don't necessarily think it's the preacher's fault. I mean, I guess the preacher will be blamed for it. But I think this is what happens. I think people have a heart for God. They have. A, they feel like they're led to teach. And then they go to seminary. And the seminary. a lot of the seminaries are corrupted. And it teaches you to teach things the wrong way. And so, you know, I just think that that you have a lot of confidence and self-worth with God. God gives you your self-worth. You know, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory and in evolution, then you think that you are are a mistake. And therefore, you're worth no more than a tree or or a raccoon. Uh, And the Bible says that you're worth far more, that you have dominion over all the animals and that doesn't mean that you abuse it it means you have dominion over but be humble the bible talks a lot about being humble the bible god hates pride and it says to be humble and protect the, you know so if you're humble then you protect the animals you protect the things that you have dominion over you protect protect animals protect humans and widows and orphans but you do matter your life matters, your feelings matter, and they matter to God. And I always say to people, you know, just talk to God and tell him how you feel. Be humble, be patient, and answers will come to you. If you have questions, I always say, no matter what your questions are, take it to God. I saw a person sing a song the other day. She's a really great musician, and I really enjoy her, and I like the song. But it was, you know, basically a song about, she said, you know, I I feel like she, you know, was almost angry in a way, but said, when I get to heaven, I got a long list of questions for God. And I just don't think that's how it's going to be. I don't think you show up to heaven and go, God, let me talk to you about something. It's like, no, I think we're going to be filled with a lot of fear when we see God. But I think you can get your answers now. I pray to God about all sorts of things. Oftentimes, even about sins, I'll tell God that the reason that I keep doing a specific sin is because I like it. And I'm like, I don't want to like it. I don't want to keep doing it. So take that joy away from me. I've had people email me about drinking. I mean, I tried to quit drinking for years and I couldn't do it, but I would pray about it all the time. And it just one day I quit. So... um I wanted to, I used to have a friend um, and we would go on a lot of road trips and comedy together. Well, we went on a few. Uh, he moved away from Nashville, but we went on a few and we would have a lot of discussions about the Bible. And he brought up to me, he had a, uh, a website called evilbible.com and he would go on there and he would look up verses and challenge me on it. And that's why I think it's important to read good versions i think the kjv i mean there may be some more but to me the kjv is the only version i'll read but i'm going to read this verse this would be this is the niv version of that and that's what evil bible.com always almost always comes from is it almost always comes from niv All right, so this verse is, this is Deuteronomy 28, no, Deuteronomy 22, verse 28 and 29, and this is from the NIV version, and then I'm going to read you the other version, and that's why I think this is important. It says, if a man happens to meet a virgin who is not pledged to be married and rapes her, and they are discovered, he shall pay her father 50 shekels of silver he must marry the young woman for he has violated her and he can never divorce her as long as he lives. So if you read this verse, you think, my goodness, this is awful. And it is awful that a man would rape a young woman. And then now, not only does she Uh, Does he not get him put in prison? But this woman who was raped by him now has to be married to him and he can never divorce her. That's awful. But if you read the King James Version, it says, If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel father 50 shekels of silver and she shall be his wife because he hath humbled her he may not put her away all his days and i just think that this is in a time when virginity meant a lot it seems to mean nothing today uh, but at a time when it meant a lot it was probably Uh, I could imagine a time when it might not even be possible for a woman to get married if she had already lost her virginity. It was probably such a big deal at this time that if a a man, like say a a traveling salesman rolls through town, meets a young woman who's a virgin, coerces her into having sex with him, and then is just going to take off. This is saying, nah dude, you don't just get to take off you don't get to do this sort of thing to this woman and then take off. It's like, this that's your wife now. And I just feel like that would be a discouragement to someone to do that sort of thing to a woman. And I just think it's much different than rape. And I mean, you know, people can read into whatever they want to into that, but I just think it's important to read the right versions of the Bible. I think corrupt versions do exist. And, uh, and I don't know, I just feel uh, I feel excited, I feel pumped, I feel like this was a, a good, fun podcast. And maybe, you know, sometimes I think people get too serious about things and, and they, you know, can't have fun. But I, I don't know, I, I think this stuff is so great and so powerful. And I think that if you read the Bible in this way, it just comes to life uh you there's more in the king james bible than other versions i don't even know if they talk about giants in some of the other versions um i think it's great i appreciate you guys tuning in i'm gonna be in lexington soon come see me um and uh i felt like i had more that i wanted to talk about but but i just got i got into that and uh um but I mean, you know, the God, God promises to protect us if we do not serve other gods, you know? And it's like just, I just think that it's important to think about what that means to serve other gods. I mean, um, like this one, thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall, ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall um, bless thy bread and thy water, and will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And that's Exodus 28, 24, and 25. I mean, God promises to bless our food and our drink and take sickness away from us. So, I just, I, you know, it's just what I'm saying is like, are we serving other gods because our food is poison in this country? I mean, there are ingredients in our food that are banned in all other countries. Countries are, don't even allow that in their food, and it's in our food. We have an, uh, a weight epidemic in our country. Um, people are very overweight. And it's not their fault. Sometimes it is. But sometimes it is just people don't know about the ingredients in our water or in our food and our water, too, for that matter. I mean, if you, you know, if you live in a a great, uh, you know, community, you think, well, my water's fine. But what if you live in Flint, Michigan? Uh, You would not feel like your water has been blessed, right? And it's like, and it says, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee it definitely doesn't feel like sickness has been taken away from the midst of they. So I just think, you know, we're, we're um, you know, it's like, look at, look at all ways in your life that you could be serving other gods. Like, I just think that if you're a Christian and you have like a Buddha statue in your house, it's like, I don't know, maybe don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're serving Buddha, but maybe don't have it in your house. I mean, there's Buddhist teachings that I'm not upset with. There's so many Buddhist teachings and so many teachings of other religions that match up with what Christianity teaches, but that doesn't mean put a statue of them up. You know what I mean? Anyway, you do whatever you want to do. We're having a good time. I'm just in here talking. I just read stuff, and then I write it down on a little notepad, and then I come on here, and I read it to people, and I'm just talking. You know what I mean? I'm not a preacher. I'm just telling you things. You do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But I just think if we want to get rid of sickness, maybe we ought to do what the Bible says. You know what I mean? If we want to, because it seems like the sickness is just going to be here forever. And I'm not even just talking about COVID. I mean, dang, we're dying of heart attacks and people are dying with strokes all the time. You know, there's a comedy club owner and I don't know what happened to him, but he owns four clubs. He owned four clubs and the Looney bins and he just died suddenly. I didn't know the man that well, but it's sad. He wasn't that old. There's another comic that Hannah knew in Canada he's like 32 he just died that's like dang what's going on out here you know what i mean but we're having a good time um and uh i appreciate you guys listening And come see me in lexington kentucky all right